0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Disruption Dialogues, a Markets and Markets podcast series for growth-minded strategy, market intelligence, and competitive intelligence professionals. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disruption Dialogues. I'm Pranjal Sharma. I'm an author based in New Delhi, India, and today I will be in discussion with Simon Nainan. He is the Vice President, Head of Strategy and Global Business Operations at Hitachi Vantara. Thanks for joining us, Simon.
1: Very good to be here, Pranjal.
0: So it's a topic which uh, is about two words which are used very often but perhaps not adequately understood. What comes first, innovation or disruption? And I think we use this amongst uh, the corporate world uh, and amongst innovators. But let me begin by asking you, uh, uh, Simon. You 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 know with your work and your experience, how do you interpret these two words, um, innovation and disruption?
1: Oh, it's a it's it's a great question, and I love this topic. So, very happy to dive in. I characterize the topic of disruption as both an interesting one, but also a dangerous one. And I'll, ex- I'll explain why in a second. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say that I'm very excited to work in a space, uh, you know, the high tech world, even the location, Silicon Valley. That's incredibly innovative and disruptive. You know, the rate of change of technology is so quick that. Uh, devices, technologies, apps, everything that we're using today may actually be obsolete 5 to 10 years from now. So one thing's for sure, you know, we need to be on our toes. And that's, for me, I find that very challenging and exciting. Secondly, I want to maybe also add that as a practitioner of innovation, that's my day-to-day job. I'm actually very proud to work for a company that is ranked number 29 on the list of the most innovative companies in the world. I work, as you know, for Hitachi, which is a global technology and industrial company. Uh, It generates over $80 billion of revenue annually from over 900 subsidiaries, and actually has an employee base of 300,000 employees across the globe. So what's interesting is that at that size and scale, to still be able to carry over the tag of, one of the most innovative companies in the world, tells me that they're doing something right. And so as we talk today, maybe I'll share some examples, not just from the broader world, but also some things that, cool and disruptive things that Hitachi has done, right? Uh, In its mission of trying to change the world. All right, so let me get back to the question that you asked, right? Disruption, interesting, dangerous. So it's interesting because disruption is, you know, of course we see it as a buzzword. Everyone wants to be a disruptor. That's the dream. Move. I, I think you know the phrase, move fast, break things, change the world, right? I don't think many people actually understand what disruption means because they use it as a buzzword. And that's why I think it can be a dangerous idea when you're trying to move fast and break things and change the world, how many things are you going to break before you finally realize you're just breaking things, you're not really changing the world, right? Uh, So uh, here's how I have, in my mind, wrestled with the ideas of innovation and disruption. And to complicate things a little bit, I'm going to add a third word in the mix that is often used, which is the word transformation, also a buzzword, yeah? Um, So maybe an oversimplification, But I'm going to start with this one sentence that says, innovation is about making better things. Disruption is about making things better. Now, there's an explanation for that. So let me just expand, right? Innovation is when you take something, you improve it, you evolve it, you make it into a better thing. That's a better product, a better solution, a better process, better customer experience. How much better can be a huge spectrum? Transformation, I see, because I came from the transformation world, uh, it's about taking innovation and making it systemic, which means you have a, cha- a change here, a change in another place, a change in the third place. How do you put these changes together? How can you make these changes work in concert and create system-wide change right, across a company, across an ecosystem? Disruption is, in other words, innovation soaked through with, I guess, potency. Disruption happens when changes cross a certain level of threshold of impact. So it changes the structure, changes the dynamics of a system or industry, right? Usually has to do with a fundamental business model change. It can change how you get uh, how you create demand. It changes how you get supply. It creates new rules. It creates new mechanisms of value and overall it causes a power change, a right? shift in the power balances in the industry, who gets to play, who wins, right? Uh, maybe I think one dimension that I'll add before I kind of toss back to you is the idea that each of these phrases in, in terms of level of change kind of Impacts the sphere of impact, or extends the sphere of impact. You begin with with products, offerings, processes, tools that can be changed to make things better. Then you start talking about multiple changes, but you're still kind of related to a company, an organization. How do you kind of, you know, improve where the organization is positioned going forward? But the third thing about this disruption is where you're actually talking about beyond the boundaries of company. You're talking not even beyond the boundaries of its ecosystem. You're talking about the industry. You're talking about the world at large and the role that the business plays. So hopefully that kind of, you know, at least in my mind, it has helped me demystify. And the conversations that I have with people say, are you really being disruptive? Are you being innovative? What's the difference between the two? And sometimes I help companies kind of cross the gap. What does it mean to cross the gap from innovation to disruption?
0: Simon, you know, the, I think you're, you're explaining this well it's important to understand the distinction between these three words of innovation, disruption, and transformation. But the way I look at it, you can be disrupted, but you can't be innovated, right. and you can't be transformed. That's uh, things are not always in your control when you That's are correct. being uh, disrupted. To my mind, I think it's also important for organizations to understand the objectives that they are aiming for, and then see what they want to do. Um, Are you proactive? Are you reactive? You made a good point on transformation being uh, innovation, which is systemic, but innovation just for the sake of innovation is also not, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to always improve something which is working. Um, The question, therefore, is that between these three words, what is the starting point of the cycle?
1: Mm. It's, it, it, it's it's a great point. I think you articulated that that very well. What you do versus what is done to you, right? Uh, and I, I'll use a couple of examples uh, that are easy for anyone to kind of relate to, right? Because the, the question that you raise, which is what is the purpose, I, I think is at the heart of the whole issue, right? Um, there is a myth that the purpose of disruption is to unseat incumbents. To take the, the the leaders of the industry out and kind of become the leader of the industry. That's not the real purpose, right? The real purpose is basically when you're saying, and this is classic disruption theory, forgive me for being academic, but it's basically saying you're addressing an underappreciated need. You're addressing an unsatisfied need in the market. Good example of that is Netflix versus Blockbuster. Netflix didn't start out to be the market disruptor in terms of saying, we want to be bigger than Blockbuster. Maybe that was a goal, but their goal was actually meeting a very specific customer need that Blockbuster was not, not even tackling and took a while to try to kind of copy, right? So to your point, it's not innovation for innovation's sake. The purpose comes first, then the product, right? There is another uh, related, I guess, myth about disruption, maybe that, I'll, that that's worth tossing out, which is that disruption is all about developing something new. A great case study is the Apple iPod, right? Um, People think, oh my gosh, uh, the iPod just completely disrupted the music industry. Fact of the matter is before the iPod was several iterations, including I think things that people may not recognize, like the MP man. Even Apple had its own product that they collaborated with Motorola called the Roker, right? So what made the iPod an actual disruptor? I think the key is you don't have to do it first, you have to do it better. There's also a level of serendipity that comes to it, right? Which is, I think there's a story. Some people may be familiar with it. The this Apple engineer whose name was Rubenstein. He happened to be touring in Japan. He visited the Toshiba factory, saw that they actually had this chip that uh, this hard drive that 1.8 inches, and then suddenly realized that his goal of putting a thousand thousand songs onto a drive could be matched now with being able to put it in someone's pocket. There is a moment for a looks.
0: That's a great example, Simon. I, I'm yeah. going to uh, dwell on that a bit. Yeah. You cannot also innovate ahead of time. You gave the example also of Blockbuster versus Netflix. Now, yeah. in the age of Blockbuster, there wasn't broadband connectivity, right? There yeah. weren't smart televisions. So even if you had an idea of streaming videos, you could not do it at scale, it's at mass uh, level across the world without certain basic uh, conditions to be met. So therefore, transformation, disruption, and innovation are also a factor of the context.
1: 100%, 100%. Actually, the Apple example is a great one to carry on from, right, because now we can say, looking back over like a couple of decades, you can look at how much Apple has disrupted. They disrupted the computing industry because it brought computing to the mass market. They disrupted the music industry, right? They d- d- disrupted how music was delivered and accessed. They disrupted the phone industry. So they redirected businesses from a large number of places onto this thing now called the smartphone where everything comes together. They're disrupting the healthcare industry. Maybe you can say that they have because of wearable devices. They're essentially putting health in the hands of customers. And they've disrupted maybe, I think, another good example is the photography industry. People don't need complex DSLRs, for example, to take a really good shot. You can shoot an entire movie on an iPhone, right? I, I think that what you talked about, the right place at the right time, because all these disruptions didn't come together. Apple was actually building disruption on top of disruption. But what was also interesting about them this, was this big, bold vision. In each of these places, we're going to not go and try to do what other people are doing. We're not going to go and challenge the incumbent by basically saying we can do it better than you. We are going to find new ways of solving the problem. Democratization, which is in everyone's hands, simplification, consolidation. These are, I think, core philosophies of Apple that regardless of you know, all of these five spaces has allowed them to be a disruptor. So. I think that's a just a great example of a company whose mindset helps them achieve disruption
0: at hitachi you know you call yourself a social innovation business what is therefore the priority is it transformation is it innovation is it disruption what comes first
1: that's right uh, no, it, it, yeah. again a great question i love talking about hitachi um, I joined Hitachi four years ago because of that tag. They had two tags that I think uh, you know are part of their main message. One is they're a social innovation business, and secondly, wherever you see the logo of Hitachi, it says "powering good." What they're saying is that Hitachi uses innovation to solve big problems in society, right? Sustainability, quality of life, whatever the social issues are. That's where Hitachi is going after to say we can actually innovate and create really good solutions. So um, it was the way I work now is kind of related to how I used to work in the past, but it's now very systematized, right? Um, There's a there's a major focus on long range forecasting. So Hitachi's corporate R&D team. By the way, I'll also talk about the different ways in which Hitachi does innovation in R&D because it's really interesting. There's like eight, nine different ways that I've counted so far, and that's all I'm aware of. Um, They do long range forecasting, 30, 40, 50 years from now, predictions on what the world is going to look like, and then backcast and say, if that's the case, then what's the world going to look like 10 years from now? What's the world going to look like five years from now? How do we prepare the world, not saying one customer, not saying building new business, how do we think big scale and prepare the world for where it needs to be 10 years from now that's huge that's ambitious right and i think in in that way it's disruptive i call it long range disruption right because what you're doing is essentially seeding solutions and growing things that are actually catered to a future vision of the world that looks very different from ours even if you don't say in 2023, in 2024, I'm going to launch a new product, and boom, everything's going to be shaken by it. Right? It's a different way of looking at disruption, and I think Hitachi does a phenomenal job of it. Hitachi's been around since 1910, so over 100 years, and has got a long history of several kinds of uh, you know innovations related to that. So I'm happy to jump jump into a few examples as as time permits.
0: Yes, please. I think it'll it'll be great to know a couple of examples of what Hitachi has done, and perhaps what you have also been involved with, and how would you frame them? Would you frame them as disruption, and would you frame them as innovation? Yeah,
1: no, good. good. So um, core to some of the ideas that I'm going to talk about is this idea that Hitachi is a company that brings OT, which is operational technology, and IT, which is information technology together. You can think of it a Venn diagram that overlaps, right? And you say the magic, is at that intersection. There are many companies in the world that do OT. There are even more companies in the world that do IT. There are not many companies that can actually bring it together very effectively, right? And I think what differentiates it in that in that sense, and I think there's uh, there's a few things that become like the secret sauce, but a, a core idea is deep domain expertise. It's what differentiates a company like Hitachi. IT skills. It, exists everywhere right but the, the ability to connect ot to it is, is is very important a few things i think that makes sense are innovation at the edge which means there is both innovation that is centrally driven for a company that is 80 billion dollars strong there is a, a huge funded corporate r d but then a lot of innovation is also at the edge putting for example telemetry into edge devices Arming, you know, cranes and manufacturing equipment, right, to make them smarter. These are things that, that we now talk about every day, but Hitachi was at the forefront of it. We call it IoT now. But what you're doing is you're basically saying that's not just a place where I collect data from. You can describe it as data and sensors sensors. It's actually innovation. Because the information that's taken from there is a product of innovation, but is also feeding new innovation and it becomes a virtuous cycle. The innovation systems at the center basically allow a large company to kind of systematize it, which means it's not that everyone's kind of off doing its own thing, it's kind of all bringing it together. I think the idea of ecosystems is a really powerful one, which means it's not just you alone. You're realizing that in every context, you're surrounded by A set of people that you will compete with, a set of people that you'll collaborate and partner with, building that ecosystem, which I think Hitachi is phenomenal at doing. And Hitachi kind of often sits at the center of that ecosystem, but it knows exactly what levers to pull in what areas. And I think the last thing that is powerful to me that I think really uh, is where value is created at Hitachi is, I mentioned earlier that Hitachi has 900 plus subsidiaries. Just think about it, 900, companies across the globe, you can think of that as potentially lending itself to chaos. On the other hand, what we're trying to do is connect the dots between them. As a portfolio company saying company A or sector A, for example, the rail industry, and I'm going to use that example for a second, the rail industry is, is doing really good. We've developed bullet trains, uh, the best trains in the world, right? operating with efficiency. On the other hand, I also have a power and energy business. Now, when I take the rail business and the energy business and put them together and you have sustainable high-speed rail that is now able to meet not just the transportation, but the energy needs of the future, that's disruptive. That's not an idea that any other company or two sets of companies can take and put together because they are very different from each other. We are as, as one company being able to kind of bring those ideas together as a portfolio. That example is really powerful because I think... Um, in the last couple of years, in, in fact, uh, with the especially in the U.S., that you know that the, there's this uh, Investment Infrastructure and Jobs Act. So once in a generation level of investment, billions of dollars that have been released, uh, they focus not only on infrastructure, which Hitachi is good at, but they also focus on sustainability, which Hitachi is really good at and has a mission for. So Hitachi has identified this and is capitalizing on it, right? And so... The high-speed rail projects, for example, and the massive massive investments that are being made, say in the DC and uh, Maryland area, or in other parts of the country, is actually being able to solve that. right? Transportation, climate change, investment in communities, and then bringing some of the best of our technology like IoT and so on to bear. Some of the innovations in power, for example, like power grid modernization, and some of those new business models, for example, like energy as a service, or what we would call mobility as a service as well, saying, I don't care about the specific asset. I care about the outcome. Those business models very, very disruptive, right? So just if you just think about the number of components of disruption that are kind of being brought together over here, you realize that you're sitting on something that's you know particularly powerful. So I'm always very excited to talk about that story. I can use a couple of others, by the way, uh, if um, if you would like
0: yeah so we will we can uh, get one more from you uh, simon because we we have a limitation of time so my my question to you is is uh, that it appears that it is purpose driven Hitachi begins by saying what is a problem that can be solved and then you see how do you uh, either self-disrupt um or respond to a disruption and then perhaps say well we have to be ahead of the curve, and therefore, let's see what we can do together across the various uh, group of activities that you have across yeah. your various businesses. Yeah. Is that is that a fair way to describe the approach? One hundred um, percent.
1: You know that question that you asked, right? Which is which comes first, disruption or innovation? I think that question is almost equivalent to asking, you know, which comes first, the cause or the effect. I was actually trying to think of a good analogy. There's a fun kid's toy here in, in the US, maybe in other parts of the globe, um, that's called pop-up pirate. Now, it's, a, it's, it's, it's very silly and simple, but it's a pirate who's stuck in a barrel and you got to stick swords into it. And at some point, one of the swords that you stick in causes the pirate to pop up. Interesting thing is you don't know which sword is actually going to cause the pirate, uh, pop, uh, the pirate to pop up. Disruption is much like that. You know, we talked about serendipity earlier, right? But also, there is sometimes strategy that you can use. If you know the game well enough, you know where to direct your shots so that ultimately you might be the one that pops up the pirate first, right? So, you know, when you think of innovation, innovation is usually described in terms of novelty and newness, but disruptions are described in terms of purpose and impact. Not all innovation is disruptive. Not all disruption may be innovative, right? But if the disruption begins by meeting, first identifying what are the unmet needs? What is the purpose that you want to solve? How do these kind of meet together? Then at some point, just like the Pirate Pop-Up game, you know, what begins with innovation may turn into disruption, right? So I think what Hitachi does really well, and I think what companies should do is find ways to build innovation in your culture it should become a regular part of the way people think how much of my time is actually being spent on on a day to day basis is being spent on new ideas new ways of doing things because get if if you do that long enough what you're going to do is going to tip, you know find find its way to meet disruption
0: my final question to you simon is that what you talk of often is said that the smaller companies startups uh, are more adept at innovation and they're closer to the ground. The larger companies tend to be so caught up in processes that they sometimes lose the picture and they're caught up with the system uh, or the systemic efficiency rather than the outcome and output. Yep. In your view, as a, a experienced domain ex- professional and and person who's seen innovation at very close quarters, is there a size, a dimension to delivering innovation and to deliver disruption?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I guess you can tackle this from, from a variety of ways, right? Um, first of all, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, you know, to tie back to the point that I was making earlier, the nature of disruption that Hitachi is able to drive, or let's take Hitachi aside for a second, but a company of that nature, of that size and scale, You can put a Google in its place, right? You can put any one of these other big companies in its place. The nature of disruption that such a company is able to drive is of a scale that is not comparable to the disruption that smaller companies can drive. You're not talking about disruption in one industry. You're talking about disruptions in society, right? So I think that's, that's a way in which you can kind of make systemic stuff, stuff that may seem routine and regular and procedural, actually result in disruption. So that's that's one way to think about it. But I think even companies like Hitachi have realized that when you get so big, you may get slow, right? And when you get slow, you can start becoming a dinosaur very soon if you're not on top of things. So there's something that we do that I find particularly exciting. We have a group within Hitachi, which is our corporate ventures office. That's a group that is essentially working like a VC. They're out there scouting in the market. They're in Silicon Valley. They're in all hubs where startups are. They're identifying very interesting startups to invest in the technology of the future. And by the way, this comes back to saying if there are five, six big mega trends that are you know facing the world, which of these mega trends do we want to chase? After which startups kind of are doing really interesting things in that space? A, investing in those startups, getting on the boards, helping guide, helping learn from them as well. And in many cases, actually folding them into the company, right? When we feel like this could become a part of how we regularly do work as well. So I think that it is very, very essential as companies get larger to think of how, how, to your point, they can marry the large and the small and bring them to bear, right? I think that's a really, if if you do only one or the other, you're missing out, I guess, on, on the bigger disruption that you can have.
0: Thank you, Simon. And I think that difference uh, and the ability to make uh, that uh, happen is the difference between disruption happening to you versus you are you going out and uh, disrupting or or innovating. So thanks very much for uh, sharing some of these ideas, thoughts, and examples. Thank you, no.
1: it's been a, it's been a pleasure, and as you can tell, this is a topic I'm very passionate about. Uh, I am uh, keen to see, like I said, the world is changing very fast. I'm just keen to see how the next few years look, right? And uh, buzzword or not, uh, we're going to be disrupted, and we've got to be innovative to be ready for it.
0: And hopefully we can have another uh, part of this conversation in the coming months. Thanks again. And to everybody who was listening, thank you so much. I was in conversation with Simon Nynan, Vice President and Head of Strategy and Global Business Operations at Hitachi Vantara. Stay tuned for more such interesting conversations on Disruption Dialogues. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Disruption Dialogues. If you are a strategy or market intelligence professional, we invite you to join our community on LinkedIn, Hashtag Disruption Dialogues.